if you just recently pitched up, if you're a fresher, for example, you, your term has just started. Uh, we've been going through the book of Ephesians, and um, basically, uh, I want to speak a little bit about the um, vision of the church, just as people uh, come uh, at this time of year, so you can find out a little bit about what we're about. And uh, I was driving along the other day, and I put, you know, you've got the, got the sat now, the iPhone thing, you put the, put the postcode in, and I don't know whether you've had this experience where you think, oh my goodness, uh, this is a strange route, where are we going? And uh, I don't know, if you're anything like me, you start getting deeply paranoid. You start thinking, oh my gosh, what have I put in, in you know, Cornwall or Scotland? This just doesn't feel right. I've got a terrible sense of direction. And, uh, you know, where are we going? What's it about? What's happening? Uh, so tonight, I'm hoping, by the time you leave tonight, you'll just know some big picture uh, headlines of what we're about as a church, what we're focusing on. Uh, at this time, and you'll, you'll be able to get your bearings. So I'm going to read to you these uh, words from Ephesians 2, and uh, you might want to get them up on your phone or um, just listen, whatever you want to do. And here we go, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So let's just turn to the person next to you. What, what struck you about those words? How, how did you, what's the standout as you read those things? Uh, just a quick conversation. If you don't know people, it's a good way of getting to know people as well. Just say, hey, by the, you could turn around if you want. You could do whatever you want. Just turn out. My name's Mike. What f- struck me about that? Whatever it is, yeah? I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for our church, this family here, amazing people here all that you've done in and through this place over the years. And as we look to the future, Lord, I want to pray you'd open our hearts. I want to pray that you'd speak to us, that we would celebrate and also actually have clarity on maybe our contribution, our place, taking the story of this place forward. And we want to praise you and worship you. Amen. Okay, so... uh, As a sort of PCC, a leadership team, exec staff, ministry uh, leaders, we've had various conversations after the last months because as a church, we want to be led by God. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so we've prayed 
what is our priority really in this season? What should we be focusing on? And we spent a few months thinking about this. And what we concluded was this. This is what I want to speak about uh, on this next slide. In a word, what we feel we need to focus on uh, with great intentionality in the coming months is community. Community. We want our community life to grow deeper. This is what we feel God is calling us into. And basically, uh, it's clear, actually, that we um, really need to, uh, from the book of Ephesians, focus on community for two reasons. And I want to unpack these a bit tonight. The first is simply this. Uh, We're going to focus on community because actually everything we do here is about people. If you think about it, if you think about church, we often talk of courses. We've heard about amazing courses tonight, amazing events, ministries, youth work, all sorts of stuff. Uh, But actually, at the heart of what we're about is people. It's you, it's me, it's people. And God sees all people, and what we're doing here is about people. Uh, And, um, of course, the Christian life starts by focusing on the ultimate person, who is God himself. He's a person. I don't know how your relationship uh, is with God at the moment, but actually, God is living and active. He's not dull. He's not dead. He's not boring. uh, He's not finickety and fussy. He's actually living and for you, and he's for me, and he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He lives himself in community. So he's a person living in community. We are people here, aren't we, at the church. We gather on Sundays, uh, but spend most of our lives in other places. Uh, We have all sorts of opportunities and uh, challenges and all sorts of stuff going on. But actually, we are people here at the church. And um, the church, you see, is all about people. And uh, it's not just about us, is it, church? What's so exciting about being a church is that when we come to faith, when we come to be called to follow Jesus, we're, we're not people who, this is it, and we're a holy huddle, and we just wait for God to come back at some point. Uh, actually, there's a whole lot of people in the town, on campus, uh, in schools, in businesses, on the streets, uh, in social housing. Uh, all sorts of people in the town, and uh, there's a sense in which we're called uh, to uh, connect and build community with those people. But it doesn't just limit, uh, or it's not just limited to us, to the town, it's the country as well. You know, God is, a, is all things are possible for him, and he, he gives us this big vision. And it's not just the country as well, it's, it's actually the world is what we're called to do and to focus on people. And uh, the church globally is a a massive group of people in every country. It's quite extraordinary with an amazing history. So um, we're focusing on people and we're reminding ourselves that actually church is all about people. It's about you, it's about me, it's people in the town, country and beyond. Uh, It's people. We're in the people business. God is in the people business. So what are we doing to create community? Well, this is for the benefit of people uh, new to the church or just to remind people who have forgotten. But how are we creating uh, community? What we're wanting to do here is create actually a big family. And um, this is really important to us. This is the heart of what we do. We're trying to create a big family here uh, that is... um, 
multi-generational. Uh, it has all age groups doing life together, learning from one another, encouraging one another, supporting one another, journeying together. It's multi-generational. It's actually locally engaged, as I've said, uh, um, and seeking to uh, engage with other people not yet of faith. And it's also international, and it's diverse. You know, some of us uh, have... have privileged education. Some of us uh, have very little money. Some of us uh, uh, are, feel reasonably whole. Some of us actually feel uh, like we're limping through life and uh, actually just struggling a lot of the time. But this is it's diverse, this family we're seeking to create. Some of us are 20 or studying. Some of us are uh, 90 and approaching the ends of our lives. But we're, we're trying to do this big family thing. I don't know about you, um, we want this family to be a place where people can be known, uh, to be seen, uh, to be valued, and to be loved. And I, I don't know about you, but I actually really want to be known in my life. I want people to know me, not the fake me or the game face me. I want to be known for who I am. Uh, I, I, want, I want people to see me. I want people to see who I am and uh, accept me. I want to, to be valued and I want to be loved. And uh, I feel slightly embarrassing, uh, embarrassed saying that, but actually they're basic human desires and needs and wants. And we all want those things, don't we? Uh, to be cherished and valued, seen, all those things I've mentioned. How are we going to build such an impactful big family, if you like. Well, we've got uh, this vision. We're going to love God, love people, and make a difference. Love God, love people, make a difference. Now, I'm going to rehearse this again. If you've been here a while, you would have heard this before, but we're, we're loving God. Why are we loving God? Because when Jesus is asked, you know, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest thing? He says this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So we're actually worshippers seeking to love God in all our frailty, in all our giftedness, in all of our brokenness. We're trying to love God, and we need to keep him at the heart of our family. We're also seeking to love people because Jesus said, you know, the second greatest commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And so uh, the Christian life, actually, it's, it's not that sort of um, self-obsessed, what about me, what about my life, what about my career, what about this, what about that, what about that, what about that. It's actually, we've made the decision to look beyond ourselves and to try and uh, love other people. And, and we know, we know, what's so amazing about this church, if you don't know, you will discover it, is actually we, 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 we know here that if you make your life about yourself and just about you, you, you end up living a small life, but actually, and you lose your life. But actually, if you make it about other people, you find your life. This is why we do it, and we flourish and find the life that we've always longed for. And finally, we're going to make a difference. And again, believe it or not, this is uh, the last thing really Jesus said to his disciples, his followers of him, was, you know, Go into the world and make disciples of all nations. This is the Great Commission. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'll be with you forever. In other words, he said to them, you know, don't buy a massive Bible uh, and get your, your name embossed on it. He didn't say, hey, buy one of those fish and stick it on the back of your car. Uh, 
he, he, didn't, he didn't say, I don't know, listen to all the Christian podcasts you possibly can from noon till night and, and know all the latest worship songs. He said, actually, make a difference because you're walking with me. I'm powerful. I love you. I believe in you. I've created you. Uh, and actually, I see you. I know you. I value you. I cherish you. And I want you to live an extraordinary life might not be famous, people might not tweet about you, you might never make Love Island, but actually at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you follow me, you're going to lead a life of great significance. You might be pretty unknown, uh, but this is what I want you to do. So this is really what we're about, what we're trying to do here. And actually, the the latest example of this would be, uh, as a church, you guys do this every day, all the time, at work. I know, I've heard so many stories of what you're doing, entrepreneurs in business, all over the place, uh, around the town, street angels, Syrian cafes. I mean, the list goes on and on. The latest example of this is probably the Trekkers Holiday Club, uh, which, if you don't know, Trekkers is our ministry. We have a number of people here Uh, who have children with additional needs. And uh, they are wonderful, amazing people, amazing children. But actually, if you uh, speak to uh, the families, you know, it puts you under a lot of pressure, to put it bluntly. Um, And uh, they need support and help. And Trekkers is a ministry we have every Sunday that that does that. I mean, it, it makes you cry if you ever go there. You walk in, you just cry. The bishop went recently, just... And uh, they did a summer holiday uh, club for a few days uh, in August. And basically, here's some photos of what they did. But this is uh, the latest example of loving God, loving people, making a difference. Are the photos there? Oh, they are. I suddenly thought we'd lost the photos. See, these are just some of the images of some of the stuff we do as part of our, our vision. That looks like a gazoo. What's that, what's that funny instrument that you play? What's, I don't know. Anyway. I thought it was a cigar when I first looked at it, but it's actually, it's, it's, I don't know. Next one, and you'll see just this amazing team of people. Who was part of that? So look around the room. That's lots of people involved. Let's give them a quick round of applause. Come on. So that's the first reason we're focusing on community. We're just reminding ourselves it's all about people, okay? That's what the church is about. It's about people. Uh, yeah? Now, the second reason we're going to really, we feel it's right to focus on community is it's actually the only way you can receive and experience what God has given you. In community with other people is the only way you can experience what God has given you. And I want to just look at these verses very quickly from uh, Ephesians. Now, I don't know whether how you felt. I don't know what I said, you know, pick, what's the one thing that you feel about these verses? I read these verses. I remember reading these verses the first time. I even read them, I've read them many, many times, probably hundreds of times. I was still struck by them last week when I was preparing this, and uh, I thought they were a bit offensive, a bit weird, a bit archaic. Uh, They're a bit un-PC by today's values, certainly. Uh, but also, I want to show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that if you, if you get your head around what they are, they are totally wonderful, beautiful, and transformational, okay? But you've got to just unpack them. So this is what I want to do. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote them, you know that, and uh, he doesn't pull his punches, he doesn't mince his words, and he says, hey guys, I'm writing you this letter, I just want you to know, don't forget you were dead. 
Uh, okay, verses one and two. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. This is a reference to Satan. And, uh, you know, he says, wow, you know, that's what you were before you came to faith. Which is, very, I mean, that's un-PC, isn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, it's very, very shocking. And then he says, but actually, you know, you come to faith. Jesus has made a massive difference. You are living a totally different life to the one you would have led had you not come to faith. This is the thing, he says. Uh, Verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. I remember reading that word, wrath, the first time. Yikes. Gosh, God's got this big shotgun or something. But it's not like that. You know, God's wrath isn't like a, a temper tantrum. Have you ever got really angry or you just lose it? God, that's not what this word wrath means. It's actually about God's love, his wrath. Because he really, really uh, cares about people. And, uh, you know, he actually is moved and wants to uh, intervene when his people are hurt or his creation's hurt. He, he cares about the Rohingya Muslims. He, he, he cares about our creation and the plastic that are, that's, that's everywhere. He, he cares about um, developers developing property, uh, properties and, and not putting proper fire cladding on them. He, he cares about these things. And... Um, I'm not going to labor that, but basically, um, this is uh, the reality of what Paul is writing. And he doesn't sort of have a temper tantrum. What he actually does is he does something about it. He does something about it, about creation, uh, about this tendency, this uh, inclination people have to hurt one another, to hurt creation and to demean one another. And uh, he, he actually opens up a whole new way of doing life. This is what Jesus has done. He, he opens up a whole new way of doing life. I wonder if you've forgotten this, ladies and gentlemen. If you've been a Christian for a while, you can become jaded in the wonder, in the awe, in the awesomeness of uh, who God is. But he's opened up a whole new way of doing life, and it enables people to flourish and find life and uh, be who they are, and be uh, seen, known, loved, and valued. This is so important. How uh, on earth, or what on earth has he done? Well, actually, what he's done, because of his great love for us, verse 4, God, who is rich in mercy, has made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. So he's, made, he's given us a whole new life. We're alive in Jesus Christ. As crazy as that sounds, uh, that's what he's done through what Jesus has done on the cross. And it's, it's, it's relevant to you, uh, uh, whether you've been following him 30 years or you're just in exploring spiritual things. He wants to make you increasingly alive and, and give you a fresh start and a new life. And it's as relevant as it ever was when Paul was writing these letter, this letter uh, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. What do you have to do to uh, receive this uh, resurrection life? You know, how do you receive it? You know, what money do you have to give? What courses do you have to do? Uh, what do you have to do for your boss? You know, what are the hoops you have to jump through? What's the focus and the effort and the determination 
that you have to employ to have a chance of getting in on this extraordinary action. Well, all you need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is actually uh, open your hearts to Jesus, uh, express faith in him, and receive, because what he's done is a gift. And uh, Paul uses this word a lot. It's there a lot in the New Testament too. He, he describes what God has done in Jesus as grace. And you see this in verses five to nine. It's by grace you've been saved. And God has raised us up with Christ, wow, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, wow, in order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one uh, can boast. It's grace, it's a gift, it's a free gift. You can't earn it, you can't strive into it. It's not about your performance, it's about what he's done in Christ. It's free, but it's not cheap. And basically, it's a gift. Now, I was thinking about what's the best gift I've ever been given. And I was thinking about this. And uh, basically, uh, about eight years ago, maybe, I'm in the kitchen. I'm living in New Zealand. And uh, I'm in this kitchen just um, having a drink. And Bex walks in. And, um, and so do about 10 other people walk into the kitchen with trays of drinks and food and stuff. I'm thinking, what is going on? And I don't know about who loves that sort of thing. Yeah, I hate it. You know, if I, if I, I sort of went with the I, I get all embarrassed and stuff and self-conscious. But anyway, so I'm going, hi, everyone. So good to see you. Lying, huh? And they come with this thing all wrapped up. And they say, here, this is us. It's a present from us to you. I open it up, and it's basically a handcrafted, custom-made surfboard by the top guys in New Zealand. And I look on the back, it's turquoise blue, it's white, it's like, wow. And on the back, it, it's got my name, uh, it's got their names, we love you, ba 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 ba. Surfboard. Wow. But you know, that was the most amazing thing I've ever been given. It's my pride, prized possession. Uh, I was going to bring it here tonight, I thought it might get wet. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, um, but you know, we've been given a gift in Jesus Christ, which is awesome and wonderful and extraordinary. And uh, it's absolutely amazing. And it's described by this word grace. And uh, you know, uh, what is grace? I think um, actually to understand grace, we often reach for a dictionary, don't we? Like look up grace or a theological text or someone who's been theologically trained will tell us what it is. And we, we, we have these acronyms for grace, like G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. And I mean, that's true. But, but actually, if you, if you actually want to uh, understand grace, you don't pick up a book or, uh, or, or an expert or dial, a, dial an expert. You actually experience grace and community. That's what Paul, this is what I'm saying. The only way you can do this life is by doing this in community. And that's the only way you can grasp what um, Jesus has done in community. 
And um, that's so important to remember. You see, God himself lives in community, Father, Son, Spirit. He does his life in community. He's not a lone ranger. He's not someone who's, this is my faith and just no one else's and my spiritual journey. And He does it with others in community. And it's so important that we have people around us. And the only way you can understand all this is in community. And God calls us, you see, to reorientate our whole lives around Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not like, um, you know, I was cooking the other day. I'm making my boys a salad. And, uh, you, you know, I don't know what you throw in a salad. You look in the fridge. So I, have, I get the lettuce, chuck in some lettuce. Oh, good. We've got some cucumber. Great. Bit of this, bit of that. Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Like a bit of red onion. Anyone like a bit of red onion? I thought, but we often do life like that, don't we? It's like, what should we do? What's my life about? Bit of studying, maybe a degree, uh, work, uh, family. I've got a bit of time for fitness, uh, a bit of time for God. Um, do the hobbies? No, 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 no. Doesn't work like that. We reorientate our whole lives around him. He is the great salad maker. Please don't quote me or tweet that. <laughs> that just came to me, and can we just, call it, between you and I, can we just forget I ever said that? Yeah, just, uh, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Okay. So the only, thing, only way you can do this is in community uh, with other people. And um, this is so important. And I, I remember my first experience of grace. And uh, OK, so I, I've just left uni. I'm, I'm exploring the church and stuff. I, I, I'm not too sure about it. I, I end up coming uh, a Christian. I do an alpha course. If you haven't done one, do one. If you're wanting to explore the faith, uh, it starts on the 2nd of October. Come along. Um, I'm going to tell a bit of my story uh, on that night. And there's just, it's great, it's great. So come along. Anyway, so then I, I, I'm on the edge of the church. I'm just sort of getting into the church. It's quite hard to, to get into a church. It particularly, it's hard if you're a Christian, if you change churches. If you're not a Christian, you're sort of, you just come a Christian. It's quite hard. And um, anyway, uh, they say, come, come for a drink. And I go for a drink with these people from the church. And uh, I drank too much, basically. I was drinking too much at that time in my life. And I was very, very rude to the uh, church leader's wife. Just really rude. And I woke up with a hangover in the morning. And I remember waking up just thinking, oh, my God. I can't, I can never go. I can't, just can't ever go back there. I mean, that's done. I've blown it. It's over. And then uh, later that day, my mobile phone for hello, it's Jenny. It's like, oh my God, church leader's wife. And she said, I just wanted to call to see how you're doing. See, do you want to have a coffee? Do you want to get together? We became friends with her and her husband, and I'm, I'm a godfather to one of their children. But you see, it's grace, it's fleshed. That's where you learn grace, not in a dictionary or a textbook. And it's, it's, that might be a big story, if you like, uh, but there are, there, are little, there are little stories, little moments and opportunities for grace at every point. So what am I saying? Let me just check. What I'm saying is this. We're going for community because we feel this is what the Spirit really wants us to focus on. 
One, we're all about people. Two, uh, we're actually, um, what was it? What was it? It's the only way you can understand what God's done and experience his grace. Now, this morning, uh, I said to people, look, could you please, therefore, consider becoming a community builder here in this phase in a way you haven't done before? And I went through sort of five things and, um, you know, uh, bring, bring people to Alpha, connect in the community, lead a pod, join a pod, bring your gifts to the table, champion the church. And, and I went home this afternoon, I was just thinking, that's not really what I wanted to say. Uh, you, do you ever have that? Do you ever have that sort of, oh, I didn't quite get it out? And so what I want to do, this is what I want to say, is uh, all I want you to do in this season, what we're focusing on as a church is we're focusing on building the big family here, the home base. This is what we feel God wants us to do in this season. Are we forgetting everything else, all the ministries in the town, everything? No, 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 we're not. But we are prioritizing one another in this place, in this season, okay? And uh, here's some few things I'd love you to think about. I'd love you to think about welcoming people who are joining the church in this season, if you, if you come here. Um, you know, um, we had a staff day last week, and we went to this place, great venue, it's all very nice. There was a sense that the, the staff weren't un, unfriendly or, or rude uh, there, but they just weren't very welcoming. And uh, we often forget what it's like about coming into a church. Even if you go to another one, as a, as a Christian, it's hard. But can you look out for people? And could you um, uh, not just sit with the same people every week, but could you go and introduce yourself to new people and help them uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an appropriate way? Don't sort of like hound them and uh, <laughs> all that, but, but actually welcome them. And you could offer to have a coffee with them, have a meal with them. If you're going out for a meal, go and have a drink with people. If there's a group of you going out, have people round for lunch. Uh, we've got a whole load of students. Uh, you know, get them round for a meal. I'm sure they would appreciate that. And um, just go for it. And uh, find out their story, who they are, and start that journey of knowing them, seeing them, valuing them, and loving them. Yeah? That's the first thing. The second thing, little as a, as a, as a tip, would simply be this. Um, you know, um, could we also just basically uh, look around the room and look out for one another uh, more and more? Because you're an amazing group of people. You know, Bex and I were talking this afternoon after lunch, and we were just saying, so, God, it's such an amazing church, amazing people. And um, uh, can I encourage you to be... Um, seeking relationships and getting to know one another better and building this community here. Um, you know, people often assume, I think, when they walk in here, yikes, this is quite a big group of people. Everyone knows each other and uh, they've all been here years and da, da 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 Actually, what's interesting, I have a number of conversations with people who've been at the church a while and they say, I haven't met enough people yet. I still don't know enough people. And there's a few nods around the room, but that was actually something that really concerned us all, uh, PCC, leadership, everyone, when, when too many people were feeling still disconnected, if you like. So I'm just, this is honest, uh, and we, th there's, only, there's only one way we could do that, is that by spending more time with one another, being proactive, uh, doing life together, getting to know one another and um, really looking out for one another. 
And it's all basic stuff, but it, it makes a massive difference as we're seeking to prioritize uh, the family in this uh, season. So the new people, existing people, um, and I'd just also say, um, you know, champion and encourage one another. Champion and encourage one another. Because champion and encourage the church. We are the church, right? The church isn't the building. We are having a building project. We're a bit topsy-turvy at the moment. Give it a week or two. We should be there. Famous last words, hopefully not. Uh, but actually, you know, uh, let's champion and encourage one another. One of the things uh, about the big family thing is that it's this amazing thing if we can pull it off. It's God's idea, it's not ours. He's been trying to create this family since Adam and Eve were born. But, but actually, um, you know, if we can pull it off, it will be really extraordinary. Um, also, it's dangerous. Shall I tell you why it's dangerous? Because it, it set the bar really high, hasn't it? Big family. Uh, uh, because actually pe- people can easily say, oh, I went to St. Saviour's. Oh, they say they're a big family. Gosh, not really, or whatever. So we set the bar high because that's where God's put it. But, but actually, we just need to uh, see one another, journey with one another. I'm doing my best to get to know all, you all as best as I can. Uh, and, um, you know, this is really, really significant and important. Some people hate the big family. I've had someone said to me, the thing is, I had, a, I had a bad family experience in my family of origin. It can be painful for people. But, but can we just try and do this is what we're focusing on. And uh, we're trying to basically uh, extend grace to one another and, and life and love and restoration to one another through the power of the Spirit. And there's no perfect church. I just want to say this. If you, are, if you are joining, I know some people have joined recently, this is not a perfect church, and we don't want it to be a perfect church uh, because that would be terrible. And a perfect church doesn't exist, quite frankly. And um, we all are going to get lots of things wrong. Uh, everyone, uh, everyone sitting here, uh, ministry leaders, children's leaders, teams, uh, I'll be the worst cul- culprit. But actually, we're, we're trying just to walk following Christ in his grace and really, really build this big family. And it starts with you and I knowing one another and, and journeying with one another. So um, that's it. That's what I wanted to say. We've got all sorts of stuff in the pipeline, by the way. You know, you've heard we've got a new welcome course for newcomers. We've got a church social coming up. We've got other stuff in the pipeline to try and help this too. So, so there are practical things to say. But I just wanted to um, end with a question. Do you want to be known, seen, valued, and loved. I do. And I know you do. But we're going to have to work on this. And there's so much to celebrate here, but we've still got a bit to do. This is what we're about now this next season, till we feel God tells us to do other things. The great salad maker.